Welcome to the Sellerman Podcast with me, Sam Wilkin. Uh, this week, we are talking to a cider maker, uh, the great Tom Oliver of Oliver's Cider and Perry. I came across Tom um, when I was putting together a Harvest Time uh, cheese and drinks tasting event, um, and I just started to look at cider. And actually, cider wasn't something that I'd really considered before beyond a part of uh, a pint of something very cold and sparkling and, and sweet uh, from a pub tap. And I was put in touch with a brilliant guy called Felix Nash, who runs the Fine Cider Company in London. And he put me in touch with Tom. Now, Tom, uh, along with a few other brilliant cider and perry makers in this country, make some spectacular beverages, really complex, great depth of flavour and just a real reflection of the quality of the fruit and and we are talking in wine terms here the terroir of of where they are where the fruit is grown um tom's a really passionate guy he really gets about he gets the word out he loves uh, good food and drink and good company and uh, i really enjoyed talking to him uh, we met at the euston tap uh, just by london's euston station at an event set up by the real owl company and meet the maker which was extremely well attended not just by people into cider like myself but also other makers um, he's a real fount of knowledge and experience and i love talking to him it's probably worth mentioning that i think this could be the first of many conversations with tom oliver uh, over the next few months uh, we've certainly got a few projects in the pipeline that, that we'll, we'll talk about on this podcast but yeah so let's listen to tom oliver talk about his love of cider and perry his approach to collaboration his philosophy of, of good food and drink and his hopes for the future cheers Tom, you're here to do a uh, talk along uh, for the Real Owl Company as a kind of meet the maker. Yep. Kind of event. Alice has organised a series of once monthly cider clubs uh, where she's drafted in a, a, a quite a nice varied selection of um, individuals who make cider and will be happy to talk about cider. Um, I think she was very keen for the poster and to promote it that we all gave her specific topics that we were going to talk about. but. Uh, rest assured, as always, I should be straying far from any topic and uh, going with the flow. I suppose I know you roundabout through other cider people and, and by reputation, and I've certainly used quite a few of your ciders in some of my Sellerman tastings. Um, and I've become quite enamoured, frankly, with the way cider in particular pairs with cheese. And particularly I found with British cheese, actually. British cheese and cider just seems a very... Uh, natural, natural kind of earthy not straightforward because there's a huge amount of complexity going on but it's our it is our cheese and cheese and cheese and wine if you like yeah, um, yeah. I, I mean I wonder the way you approach making cider seems to me to have quite a lot in common with, I, with the way people approach making wine I think so uh, the, the, the though I'd be the first to admit uh, that my technical know-how is is really quite limited but we are dealing with fruit and we are fermenting it, so we, ha we have a lot of similarities uh, in the process. Uh, and I think that process um, allows us uh, to very much show off the terroir of, uh, of, of what we're doing and how we're doing it. And I think that's one of the reasons that English cheese, British cheese, English cider, British cider has a lot going for it. Because I really do think um, a lot of makers really allow the locality of their fruit and the individuality of their process to shine through and, and that starts 
given you a, a glimpse on terroir, but also a glimpse onto the individual <laughs> qualities of the apples and the, and the maker. And I think that's a really interesting point because actually it's something I've come across speaking to other cider makers and certainly lots of cheese makers and particularly in the world of raw milk cheese so unpasteurized cheese is the thing that they really want to reflect is is the quality of the milk and therefore in 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 that they're reflecting the quality of the land and the pasture and the grazing and and the quality of the life i guess of the animals as well and in a sense you know cheese making and cider making are fairly simple processes obviously there's huge nuance and you know uh, skill involved it is it is simple but there are so many little mm. things that can can throw you off um, the path that you would really like to decide to go down mm. and, and I think um, both with you know cheese and cider both of them rely on a lot of the work that happens way before you get the yeah. apple or you get, um, you know, the milk for the cheese. Mm. You know, the quality of your breeding, uh, the quality of your stockmanship, uh, your ability to assess, um, uh, uh, you know, animals. I, I know computer technology and everything is playing a part nowadays, but still, uh, you know, the keen eye of the dairyman and the general sensibility for the quality of uh, the milk that an individual cow is producing mm. it is is worth its salt, mm. you know, really worth its weight in gold. So. Um, I, I still think too with uh, with apples, you know, it's the it's the varieties you choose. It's it's where they're grown. It's how they're grown. Um, it's 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 how you treat them and it's how you harvest them and everything. So all the way along, mm. every little thing is is all building mm. to give you the finished product. And every little thing that happens can have a nuance in the finished product, mm. which makes it. I think I find very exciting. Uh, I'll also admit I find it incredibly challenging sometimes because obviously you know, all things don't work out all the time. Yes, and I imagine certainly with cheese making, I know that you can get, and, and it, it's almost like a, a simple process that's governed by a million different variables. And actually you can get, you know, 999,000 of those variables spot on, but it'll just be that, you know, couple of things that can just send it spinning off. It's almost like... You know, it's chaos at work. It, it, <laughs> you know, it, it is, and I think uh, this is one of the things that really intrigues me about uh, cider and and the, and the way I make it. You know, I would describe um, uh, Oliver's as a, a minimal intervention cider maker. So, you know, if there's something we really feel we don't have to do, we don't do it. We only do what we really feel the need to uh, do and getting involved, and that does lead us into some pretty interesting territory. So it's quite hard to describe in audio because this requires a kind of graphic representation of what I'm going to talk about, but I'll do my best. Um, a cheesemaker described the difference between uh, pasteurised cheese and unpasteurised cheese, which I think much more reflects your process um, in, in that it's as low intervention as you can get, really. Uh, as So pasteurised cheese is almost like a flat line on a graph of a really high level so you'll get a, you can make great cheeses that are pasteurized but they will be consistent and for some people that's a good word for some people that's a, a bad word in many ways shows perhaps lack of ambition some people seem to think 
Whereas with a raw milk cheese, you've got this, this sort of oscillation of a bit like a sound wave. So you've got these wonderful peaks that, that rise much higher than that flat line, but you've also got the potential for these troughs where everything just goes horribly wrong. Yes. And I'm sure you must have experienced that in your years of making cider. I do. I have a lot of troughs sit, right. sitting in bottles. But surely fewer and fewer as, as oh, the years go on. Of course not. Um, <laughs> I, I actually think at the moment... <laughs> Uh, if I'm honest, I actually think at the moment it's a combination of things. But one is we're trying to ramp up the quality, uh, 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 not letting anything go that we're not really happy with in bottle. Um, and also we're putting um, more experimentation in. Uh, we're, we're taking bigger risks. And that's always going to go uh, horribly wrong in some cases. Um, and it's, it, it, it hurts hard in terms of the financial aspect of it. But it's even worse to, you know, have something and, and, and let it go when it shouldn't go, mm. and that's not that's not good. You know, there's 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 plenty of things that can go wrong, even when you let a perfect product uh, go from the cider house. If you let an imperfect product uh, emerge, um, you, you you're sort of on a hiding to nothing in a way because you, you know you 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 owe it to yourself and and to your customer to to, to give them the, the best possible experience you can. And in terms of your customer, in terms of your market, how have you seen that change over the years? What are people... So, so for example, I'm thinking of people like Felix Nash, yep. a fine cider company. There seems to be a move uh, towards viewing cider as, as, a, as a fine product, yes. not, not just as a you know, mass consumption yeah, product. Yeah. Mo- moving it on from, from being solely a session-based mm. uh, volume uh, lager competing uh, drink to something a little bit finer and mm-hmm. uh, and certainly capable of holding its own at the table. Uh, and Felix uh, is for me is is the uh, person that has a feel for it, but understands it, but who also appreciates the huge learning curve that there is for all of us when we're trying to take cider higher again. Mm. Um, it it it. it it found it fairly easy to, to hit the highs when wine imports etc were low in the 16, 1700s um, but now we're bombarded by wonderfully made drinks from all around the world and cider really really has to step up to the plate to mm. prove its worth um, the uh, place on the, at the table uh, Felix understands that uh, he's up for the fight and he really has made incredible progress in the last three years I would often be heard bewailing the fact that I found it really hard myself coming up to London finding places to take cider coming back up to stock them up and everything it was just torture Mm -hmm. Uh, and with the advent of Felix and his desire to make this work uh, uh, we, uh, we just went at home we, this is fantastic it, mm. we've got someone here who really gets it yeah to see those ciders sitting alongside some great great wine on their wine list and being recommended at the table alongside cheese boards obviously for me is really exciting yeah. and I think you know I think uh, it, it, it is I know I know that it's traditionally been the match that everyone goes to you know cider and cheese they go great together uh, you know they do uh, in the sense that they're two uh, agricultural rustic products mm. that fare well in the bait box and in 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 the container uh, 
sure. and you can walk out into the hayfield and you could have had you know some bucolic pleasure um, decades ago or you may have just been damn thirsty after working hard and th they would have been the, the natural go-to um, uh, items in, in, in your in your lunchbox like everything it needs to go higher again mm. now um, we, we need to start, start getting more specific um, cheeses cheeses made by certain people made in certain areas uh, ciders made in a certain way of a certain ilk uh, what goes better with what um, and I'd be the first to admit that we have a you know quite a journey to go on still getting more specific but I think quite often the more specific you get uh, the more fun it gets and, agreed uh, and, and 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 I think what's been fascinating for me is as 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 a real novice coming into this just last year really and being introduced to people like Felix and Gabe Cook and yourself is is the range is the real range of flavor on offer and I'm not talking about you know the flavor added yeah, yeah, I'm talking yeah. about the different varieties of apple and, and pear mm. that offer such such variety it's really a real eye-opener yeah, yeah. yeah it, there is there is huge huge variety mm. and uh, in a way that's one of the charms but also what, what one of the, the concerns in a way uh, for, for cider uh, it, 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 it can be all things to all men and more uh, but it actually needs to be a little more specific as I say mm. and I think I think the um, the parameters uh, that should, you know, helpfully get things focused in a little bit more will, will, will help us make a better fist of promoting cider and cheese together uh, rather than just saying, well, you know, go out, you know, um, uh, you know, cider, cheddar with this. Well, no, because quite often, to be honest, cheddar and any number of ciders doesn't work. Mm. And I would hate someone to be really disappointed, well, uh, you know, when the, when you go out and you've had a cider and you've had some cheddar and you go, huh? Well, and, and, and you know, as, as a cheese man, the hairs on the back of my neck go up, go up when people say cheddar. Because, of course, you know, and we're not talking great, you know, movement in geography. You've got, say, Quicks down in Devon. Their, their cheddar is very sweet, real acidity, real kind of pasture because the cows are out most of the year. And not a lot further north in Somerset, you've got Montgomery's cheddar, which is very savoury, deep, kind of bassy cheese. And, and actually, they're on feed for a lot of the year, and that massively influences the flavour. So they're both cheddar, but so different. Yeah. So I, different. I, I mean, I'm, uh, I'm, I, I enjoy Keynes. Yes, cheddar, you know. Well, I and, think Keynes is kind of the sweet spot it, actually it, between it, the two. It, 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 it mm. sort of is, yeah. and I'm always amazed. I, 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 I really enjoy eating all three, but the differences and the nuances, mm. to be honest, actually, they're not really nuances. They're like big, wonderful differences. Oh, they're different cheeses, and, and it's lovely. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's lovely. So, yeah, so there you go. No, within, I don't know, 50 miles of each other altogether, maybe less. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's, You know, uh, uh, yeah. three wonderful cheddars, all very different, yeah. and probably all crying out for a different cider to go Absolutely. with each Absolutely. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. I bought some cheeses. Oh. Um, we can have a little uh, little taste. I've been trying to actually not look at them. Yeah, I know. It because sounds like I've just whisked them out from under a cape or something, but... Uh. But if I get too fixated on them, all I'm, all I'm going to do is start like, <laughs> salivating. And well, yeah, it. one in particular is starting to ooze rather beautifully yeah, across the board. Um, we've got a couple here that I'm actually very familiar with. There's a one that's new to me, um, which is called Synodon. It's a goat's milk cheese from Oxfordshire. 
a relatively new make actually they've only been making this for a couple of years and it's not it's not massively on the market yet but it's uh, certainly at Neil's yard they've right. obviously forged ahead with it but it's a really really delicious uh, goat's milk cheese it's, it's matured nicely actually last time I saw this it was almost kind of uh, uh, moussey like really quite crumbly and, and really fresh you've got a bit more kind of goat coming through now okay. which I quite okay. like yeah, yeah. and then we've got Roll Wright yes. who we've talked about in the past yes. in fact you've, you've tried okay. some of yes. those cheese there yes. um, and then we've got Berwick Edge from up in Northumberland ah. which is I guess you could describe it as a little bit like a Gouda style cheese okay. but it's got a lot more kind of savoury meaty in particular notes to it and I think a really interesting one um, to try with your ciders. Yeah, lovely. Um, but let's have a little, let's jump in on the goat's milk and just see what you think. I mean, we've, uh, I'm actually wondering, I've got a glass of your, um, the lemonade perry. Yeah. I mean, the texture's amazing. I Quite a big flavor on it. Yeah. I love anything that involves what I consider to be masticating. Yeah. Which is that, you know, working of the tongue mm. and uh, you know, making it, it just gets chewy. Mm. You're smacking your tongue about your, your mouth, and you're you're pulling every last um, little 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 bit of of, 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 the, of the sort of rind, but also the taste. And you're pulling every time you move your tongue around, it releases all that flavour again, and you it keeps reminding you, keeps reminding you. Um, and I love that. I had a match with a. Uh, a um, a Gorsil Abbey cheese with a cider and it was extraordinary because I did all this masticating and cleared what I call it cleared my palate that's it just sat talking for a few more minutes mm. and then I went and had a drink of this cider and it wasn't one of mine it was from um, a producer in the Pacific Northwest um, of America and I went and had this cider and whole experience in my mouth exploded again mm. and the reminder was the cider that was nothing like the cheese uh, in, in a sense and I, and I just went this 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 was a remarkable combination sounds like oh, quite a defining yeah. moment <laughs> it was really nice yeah I mean, yeah it was just explosive and and, mm. and I thought you know what that's that's a real that's a com that's a combination yeah that's a combination and a half I've had a similar I had a similar thing many, many years ago when I had some American visitors and I wanted to show off how good Perry could be. And I had a really nice 8.2% off dry, strong Perry. Mm. And um, we had it with the really lovely, delicate single Gloucester. Yeah. Um, from Tom Crump. And it was just, the Americans just went. It just went. They, they just went. This is. Uh, they they were they were sort of, you know, they were sort of having a, 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 a taste orgasm, really. Right. <laughs> um, but on like the most gentle, gentle level. You yeah. Know? So it was so nice because these were not great, big, massive tastes so mm. taking you. This was like, this was like just just lovely, playful uh, flavors working in the mouth, and uh, I. I I have to be honest, I mean, I enjoyed it, but they absolutely loved mm. it. It's one of the great joys for me, actually, in what I do, is that is that moment where, let's say you've got five matches over the evening, four of them will work really well. There's often maybe one or two that are just 
just do that and they're just perfect and in a way they kind of elevate both parties and that I mean that's what I'm always striving for. Well let's have a little bit of the role right and maybe while you're masticating that because this is definitely one of those I'd love to hear a little bit you've, you've been in the States recently so yes. and you do quite a lot in the States um, I'm 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 very lucky. Uh, 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 my other job has allowed me to travel to America lots of, uh, over the years. This uh, two-way relationship with uh, with a cider in America has been for me uh, really the, um, the 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 thing that's kept me most engaged over mm. the last five or six years. I think I think it started uh, uh, when um, Greg Hall from Virtue Cider came over with. Uh, a, a young Ryan Burke, and um, it's one of those strange things. Uh, you know, we hit it off I- I immediately, um, and that's that's not something that's always the case at all. Um, but o- over the, this period of time, uh, we've we've developed a chance to drink together, uh, talk together a lot, travel together, eat together. I've probably enjoyed making cider with him more than anybody else I know. I love his palate, I love his nuances, and, and, and uh, when we get together, it's it's a real joy drinking and talking. Mm. Uh, we can drink for enjoyment, that's it, you know, no problem, but we can also drink to assess things and, and to see what we can make in terms of blending and everything. So it's uh, that's a real joy, but it, you know, that has allowed me to spread my my wings wider, meet people. There's so many, there's so many great people out in America who's, who who seem pleased to talk about cider, meet with you, talk about what you do and why you do it and how you do it. Um, so events like Franklin County Cider Days uh, in Massachusetts has been a delight. I've been out there twice, and I'd go every year if I if I could mm. if I could manage it. Um, there's there's a real sort of feverish almost uh, 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 approach to cider at the moment in America it's 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 renaissance time more than that maybe it's rejuvenation time um, and leading the renaissance actually was Boston beer uh, and, and um, hardcore was the brand they had initially and then it became angry orchard a few years ago yes okay. um, and uh, they've 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 led the way uh, uh, with cider, both both in a, 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 a high volume, um, very accessible cider, mm. uh, but also recently in in the fact they've allowed uh, uh, Ryan to set up at the uh, Angry Orchard Innovation Cider House in Walden, New York, where he's making s- one of the finest selections of ciders I've ever come across. So uh, that's great to see. But all the while, too, you know, over there. They're sort of split into three areas. On, on the on the east coast is this sort of more orchard-led um, cider maker, uh, where they're growing the fruit and making really wonderful, high-quality wine-like uh, ciders, uh, where the apples really have a, a, a place and a purpose. And that contrasts, um, in a very general sense, uh, uh, with with the, uh, with the west coast. Uh, Seattle, Portland, where and California to a degree, uh, where they're making um, cider from cull apples, and they're putting anything and everything uh, into the ciders, um, uh, epitomised maybe by the uh, um, wonderful Reverend Nat and and the fantastic blends that he's achieving with 
like 13 different ingredients, none of which <laughs> I would ever think of putting in a cider. But, you know, he manages to make them work and find yeah. a place in the blend for it. They're very clever. And, you know, he's wholeheartedly going after the beer market in terms of his presentation and and his constant... Uh, the, the beer you know, market is interesting yeah. in that respect. And actually, I was wondering something that occurred to me... Um, you're seeing more and more brewery collaborations that seems to be I mean it's it seems to be happening all the time you know some brewers never seem to be at their home brewery they're constantly on the move making this that and the other and some of the collaborations are you know really exciting and delicious do you think that's something that we will see more of in in this market so in 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 the cider sense collaborations are a little more um it's a difficult stroke awkward mm. because they require a, a longer term commitment and they also require um, a, 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 a bit more maybe of a unified vision um, so you can't just go and do a collab um, you know uh, I think you need to think really hard about what you're trying to achieve with this and what part each of you can play in the collaboration um, whether it's fruit uh, yeast, um, uh, uh, process, uh, and, uh, packaging, um, flavor, whatever, whatever you might mm -hmm. think. You, you, you have to, so uh, it, you could very easily do something, but the thing for me is always, you know, is it going to be memorable? Is it going to taste great? Every single decision, I, I was doing a talk in, in Sweden a couple of weeks ago, and I, I, I worry about giving talks because I'm not a, I'm not a technical guy, I'm not a scientist, uh, I, I'm a bit of a heart and soul chap and, mm. I, and I do things the way I do because that's the way I've done it and, you know, and we seem to be able to achieve some good results but whether I can actually hoist that onto other cider makers and say off you go, you know, it's that easy. So yeah, so you do, you do need to really have a... Um, a focus and a purpose. I love the challenge of collaborating. Uh, I find collaborating, as I say, with Ryan very easy. Mm. But um, with other cider makers, interesting. Um, they're all quite individual. Mm. They're all um, uh, got their own uh, particular identity. And there's quite a lot of them where I, I'm not sure, A, that I could add anything to it, or B, that they, they would want me to. Um, so. So the cider, it needs it needs kindred spirit, and it needs someone you 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 you, you know you, you know really well. So so I, I I've probably luckily um, not been approached maybe by many cider makers. No, that's not true. There's a few in the pipeline maybe, but it's it's mostly brewers that uh, have approached me, and it's 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 brewing that I find. Uh, completely liberating uh, as far as I'm concerned in that they seem to have a lot of freedom to make anything uh, and, and that is you know is a beer uh, and they can they can tweak grains yeast temperatures hops in any number of different ways and they come up with something fresh and new mm -hmm. I mean we can do that in cider but not quite so readily I feel um, so we I mean in a sense we're, we're talking a little bit here perhaps about the Mills collaboration yeah. and uh, I'm looking forward to your talk down in Bristol yes in what a couple of months now a couple of months time Cider yep. Salon Cider Salon which um, I'm very pleased uh, uh, we've sold some tickets for 
Excellent. There still are. I don't know when this will emerge into the light of day, but if it's before June the uh, 23rd or whatever it is, uh, maybe there's no tickets left, but at the moment there's quite a few. Um, uh, we're, uh, we're about to start trying to tell uh, the people that really matter, which is the, the general public and the cider drinkers and uh, potential consumers mm. about the event. At the moment, we've met with a wonderful reception uh, from cider makers, and for this cider salon, we had to choose a theme, and the theme was 750 mil pet nat, uh, bottle conditioned, uh, method traditional types of ciders, mm. uh, in an effort to show off what cider can be in, in an aspirational and uh, taking it higher sense. Right. For us, it's a wonderful opportunity for, to give uh, people who are obviously really keen and really fired up a chance uh, to go out and, and generally, you know, make a. Uh, 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 presentation to people and, and tell them about what they're doing. Yeah, and I, I think that's that 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 idea, the, the sort of the theme of it is a kind of what what cider can aspire to. I think that's a brilliant one to kick off with because it then it sets the standard. We're we're very keen to do it again. Um, we're very keen, and you know, it, it, there may be opportunity to do um, more salons and focus each one uh, slightly differently. And uh, this is. Um, going to be uh, an opportunity for anyone who's interested in cider to come along. There'll be over 60 ciders, uh, there'll be over 20 makers uh, from across the UK, from America, and you know, I think it's, a, it's, it's if, if you're into cider, what, a, what an opportunity. But do you know what, even if even if you think you're not, yeah. I feel like it'll, it'll it sounds quite yeah. potentially it, it, transformative no, for a lot Sam, of people if you can get the word out. Yeah. No, Sam, that's that's exactly what I, 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 I'm hoping. Mm. Um, because uh, it's it's going to open people's eyes up. Uh, they'll never have that opportunity to go anywhere and taste that number of ciders. No. Uh, from those different producers. They just really wouldn't. So it's wonderful that there is that chance. We should talk briefly yeah, yeah, about yeah, David's yeah. role right here, yeah. David Jowett. Yeah. I, I, I need to refresh my... Th yeah, sorry, there's a while ago. We just I, I had just, a... We've got, I guess, a Rebuchon-inspired washed rind cheese here from Oxfordshire. When I first started working with this cheese, it didn't have the bark strip round the edge. So if you've seen a Vacheron Mondor, it's got that kind of that spruce bark round the edge that holds the cheese together. So as this matured in the early days, it, the actual the, the washed rind would, with the brine wash, would dry out and crack, and the innards essentially would, would run out. So it's got a much better structure, and actually because of that. It, it's allowed. It's it's allowed to mature in a much more even way, and it's just beautiful. It's just catching the light, really glossy. It's got a lovely kind of, uh, I guess, the best word for it is bulge. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, but it's a gorgeous cheese. I mean, you've got a real balance of that kind of sweet milkiness with 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 then that kind of almost gritty brine washed yeah. rind. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's uh, it, it does it's a special it, cheese. It keeps it beautifully fresh. Mm. Um, in, in terms of the, the taste and the flavour's got just. Beautiful. I think a, a real lovely. I think it's very milky, just real creamy, thick. You know, quadruple jersey type cream yeah, type yeah. thing. I believe a word that I've heard used is unctuous. Yeah, unctuous. That yeah, seems yeah, to yeah, uh, yeah, cover yeah. a lot of uh, yeah. cover a lot yeah. of bases. But um, yeah, I mean, it's it's certainly one of my favourites, yeah. and I, I do think I'd love to get you and David together because yeah. I re I really think, yeah. particularly actually, yeah. cheese, uh, a cider I had the other day with the. Um, was the Keeved. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, the 2000 and what is it? Six, 
2016. Really? I mean, that, because it, it, it's that I also served the, the key Perry at the same tasting. The key Perry is really quite, you know, it's obviously sweet, um, but it's got a real kind of aromatic note yeah. to it. Yeah. The, 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 the key um, cider is, is, is sweet again. Yeah. But it's got a lot more kind of acidity and a bit of kind of tannic quality yeah, to it that deals with robust, that. Robust yeah, that deals with the yeah. oiliness of that. And I yeah. feel like yeah. putting those two together would be would be just yeah. just great. Okay. 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 great. Um, yeah. Let's have a quick try of the last yeah. cheese yeah, yeah. as well, because um, you need to go and do your vocal warm ups for, you, for the uh, <laughs> yeah, I think for I the evening. Long time do ago. your sound check. <laughs> <laughs> I think we've done it. That might be a conversation for another time. Yeah. How you yeah. combine yeah. Uh, yeah. sound checking with yeah. with cheese. People who know Tom will know what I'm talking about there. <laughs> so, quite a waxy texture, but really kind of quite powerfully meaty, great acidity coming through. Good mature. The finish, the, the acidity in the... The piercing sort of meatiness that I get at the end, it sort of comes up again. I mm. think it's dying away, and, and I love the texture of this because I think it allows the. I'm sort of ending up. I think it's the gold rush. I think it's because it's got that little bit of. Yeah, I think it. I think it needs a little bit of sweetness from mm. the cider, just to to weld it all. Yeah, well, that lovely classic balance of salt and sweet, I think. It doesn't need too much, no. it just needs a just little, a, little yeah, note. Just an off dry, I think it's. Yeah. Is there. And it's. It, it kind of comes around again as well. You've got that almost, and I mean this in with all affection and in a good way, a kind of slightly silagey note. You know, that kind of sweet, slightly fermenting hay thing. I mean, which I guess is a reflection of the pasture coming through again. You know, it keeps kind of reminding you where it all comes from. I think um, I think it, I think that's for me out of all these mm. that's what this cheese does mm. I really think it's a, I just got a real strong sense of terroir yeah I think, I think what you've just described is exactly what I'm experiencing mm. and and you know in a way why I'm really increasingly passionate about the com combination of, of British cheese British cider because it is a celebration of of terroir, of, of you know, of our landscape, of our climate, and how that can influence flavour, yeah. and then the enjoyment of that flavour in a myriad of different ways. It's, uh, yeah, I think um, it's, it's um, exciting. I had a lovely comment of our Instagram today from Autumn uh, to Eve Cidery in New York State. They make absolutely wonderful orchard-based ciders and perries, and they're really tasty beautifully made and she she's put a comment about a bottle conditions cider that she'd had at my place and then taken the bottle back and had it a few months later with her husband in New York and it, she said it just reconfirmed to me what cider can do which it, it, it's like a window on on another world and it just opens up um, through taste a world out there that is not just about taste and and and, and aroma 
and texture, but it's a visual thing as well. It's a it's a thing of uh, it's an art thing, and uh, she, she's just she's just absolutely taken um, with this particular side. Of, but it, what it did to her was phenomenal, mm. and it just shows that well made and well matched ciders and cheeses they are a window to another world, and, and I think quite often that's what's so exciting because you you're not you may not know what that world is until you've tasted that cheese and it may change you know um, I, I frequently find it does so yeah so um, it's very interesting that. well look I think Tom now people are starting to turn up waiting to hear your your, your words and you must uh, have known you've got cheese I think That's yeah they could probably is. smell it to be fair I'm pretty <laughs> used to the smell but <laughs> it does carry um, but look I just want to say thank you very much and 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 I feel like we might be sitting down again at some point because there's an awful lot more to talk about and, and things to enjoy and and yeah so thank you I I'd really love, appreciate I'd love to and uh, what I do I, I actually really like it if we could get you to bring a selection of cheeses come down to the cider house and then we can pick out bottles and go with them well that would be that would be that would be perfect I think I'd love to do that let's do that good. cheers Tom good man Sam. thank you Thank you for listening to the Sellerman podcast and thanks of course to Tom Oliver for taking time to sit and have a chat with me. Uh, he's a very personable gentleman, is Tom, and he always makes time to uh, praise and, and talk about good cider. Uh, thanks of course to the Euston Tap for giving us uh, uh, their little room upstairs um, and making us feel very welcome. And thanks of course to the Real Owl Company. Uh, it was Claire there on the night, but Alice as well. Thanks to the Real Owl Company uh, for putting on a great event and cider clubs really worth checking out once a month free event meet the maker try some of their products it's the best way to to to, to get into good cider um, next time we'll be back to cheese uh, no spoilers but i look forward to seeing you then in the meantime if you want to know more about Selman, check us out at selamon.co.uk or on twitter uh, instagram at Selman sam cheers